This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Now, when you hear ballet, you probably imagine the lights dimming in a grand old theater, an orchestra performing an overture, elaborate sets of costumes for the dancers, and wealthy patrons in box seats. But you probably didn't imagine ballet outside or in your living room. Ballet 5-8 hopes to make ballet accessible for everyone. The group sometimes performs intimate concerts in people's homes, and you can even see them outdoors in public. Now, this weekend, I got the chance to watch them dance here at Navy Pier with a preview of their new season as Lake Michigan provided a beautiful backdrop. Juliana Rubio-Slager is the artistic director and resident choreographer of Ballet 5-8, and she joins us now. Hi, Juliana. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So Ballet 5-8, it's, it's a woman and minority-led company, and you're using ballet to tell these contemporary stories. Can you talk more about the mission? Yeah, absolutely. So Ballet 5-8 was founded by myself and Amy Sanderson, um, and a big part of our vision was to reimagine the stories that could be told through ballet. Um, I think, as you mentioned in the opening, a lot of times ballet has a reputation for being a little bit outdated or stuffy, And so one of our goals is to bring ballet into the 21st century and share stories that have unique and diverse perspectives. Um, I myself am a Latina, and I love music, and I love dance. um, And so I have created a lot of pieces that bring my Mexican background into ballet, um, which is something that's kind of unique and different about the company. We don't just stick with Swan Lake and Cinderella. Um, Every time you see us, we are bringing something new and Mm -hmm. interesting to our performances. And you're performing ballet outside. How does that change the way that you dance? Yeah, so performing outside is a lot of fun. Um, This past weekend at Navy Pier, we did a piece called Mi Familia, um, and it's just a really lively and fun piece. So, of course, you have to think about what kind of footwear you're going to wear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll do a piece in character shoes or actually we've even done some in sneakers um, so that the dancers don't get hurt because um, you can't wear point shoes outside. But you can still bring the joy of dance and the beauty of it um, to people all across Chicagoland um, just in these really fun outdoor settings. Absolutely. Tell us more about Mi Familia because I know it draws from your personal upbringing as a Mexican-American. Yeah, so I'm a third-generation Mexican-American, and Mi Familia is really about the beauty of family. And so every year when I was a little girl, um, we would go to Mexico, and we would visit family, and we would have these wonderful, big, joyous parties. Um, And I would get to meet relatives, you know, that maybe I hadn't met before or different parts of the family that um, I had seen every single year and became really good friends with. And so it just became a huge part of my upbringing to look forward to these big family parties. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted, you know, to put that on stage to capture that joy, but also to remind people that no matter what your background is, at the heart of it, we all have families and we all have these amazing backgrounds that we can share. um, And there's no need to be afraid of each other's different cultural histories. Yeah, after watching your, your dancers perform on Saturday at Navy Pier, Juliana, everything you're saying right now makes so much sense, right? I I saw right away that this wasn't the typical ballet. I mean, the music, the skirts that they were wearing, uh, the movements, it was just so Latin folk to me. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's one of the fun things about ballet is that it's a great base for movement, but you can actually mix it with a lot of other styles of dance. Um, and so you can create these amazing fusions that give you a little bit more of the cultural history of um, some of these cultures that are not traditionally associated with ballet. And so I think for me, bringing that Mexican folklorico style into ballet has been a really fun part of my work. Um, and it's something that's really special to me. And, and I understand that a majority of your performers who were on stage, uh, they were part of your second company. Tell us a bit about that group of dancers. Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, our main performance company um, with about 20 dancers. And then the second company is an incredibly unique group of young dancers who are 18 to 20, and they're starting out in their professional careers. Um, and they move here to Chicago from across the U.S. They audition to get into the program. And then when they come, they're learning the ropes, if you will. Um, they're really skilled dancers, mm -hmm. but they're learning how to work in a professional environment. And they work alongside the main company. They were really, really good. I, I was blown, blown away by the performance, for sure. Um, what about those shows in people's living rooms, Juliana? How did that idea come about? Yeah, such a great question. Um, so one of my big values is to say, okay, ballet is something that should be shared with everybody. Um, Alvin Ailey famously said that we need to bring dance back to the people. And I think that's exactly it. Um, and so for me, during the pandemic, what I noticed was that we had, um, you know, this time of kind of all needing to draw into our houses for safety. Um, and that was a good thing. And it, it kept a lot of people healthy. But I think in this season, as we're kind of learning how to coexist um, in this world that we are now in, one of my goals is to help regather our communities um, and to provide a centerpiece for people to have their friends or their family over and to watch a piece of art um, that embodies their personal family experiences right there in their living room. Yeah. Let's talk a bit more about your season here. Uh, you're premiering later in the season uh, a show called Bareface. Bear as in exposed, not the animal. Uh, and it tells the story of a, a Greek myth. Is that right? Yeah, it does. Um, so it's a really neat retelling of the Greek myth of Cupid and Psyche. And it talks a lot about love and how love can be such a force for good. But then it also explores the dark side of love and jealousy and how sometimes love can become something that tries to control rather than setting each other free. Um, so it's an amazing story that I think captures a lot of themes that people can easily relate to and understand. Um, and we're actually setting it in the future. So it's kind of a futuristic Ooh. setting of, yeah, a post-apocalyptic world as people are trying to regather their lives and what that could look like. I know there are some young Greek mythology fans out there, especially since the, the Percy Jackson books have come out. Are you trying to reach out to them? Oh, absolutely. Um, my 10-year-old son actually loves those Percy He's Jackson books. <laughs> he does. Yeah. So I'm familiar with them. And yeah, I want people to see ballet as something that they can go to watch that they're going to understand and enjoy. Um, I don't want it to have this reputation of being too hard to understand or too expensive or too obtuse. Um, I really want young people to go, oh, okay, I relate to that. That makes sense for me. And, and I want to intrigue them to want to be a part of the art form. This is Reset. We are talking with Juliana Rubio Slager, who's artistic director of Ballet 58. The group uses ballet to perform modern day real life stories and the company dances in public places all over the city of Chicago. Uh, Juliana, Dia de los Vivos 
This one deals with the topic of depression. Tell us more. Yeah, so that one um, is a really personal piece for me. So I actually went through a series of several pretty serious eating disorders when I was training to be a ballet dancer um, and ended up being clinically depressed and on medication for quite a long time. And so this piece um, is, is kind of a personal story of my struggle with depression and how the difficulties of depression sometimes feel overwhelming and, and like there's no way out. And so Dia de los Vivos is a play on Dia de los Muertos, um, where you actually watch this young woman as she is visited by her family who have already passed on, um, and they come back to encourage her to choose life and to keep pushing, even though um, she feels this despair. And so, yeah, it's just a cool way to showcase how family helps us, even from beyond the grave, and how we can draw inspiration from our loved ones who have passed on. That's powerful. And I'm so glad you're sharing such a deeply personal story. Like, How did you even get into ballet in the first place? You know, that's such a funny story. Um, I actually saw the Nutcracker on PBS when I was like four years old. <laughs> and I drove my parents nuts because I would just dance all around the living room. And I got them to buy me um, some Tchaikovsky. Um, well, they were cassette tapes at that time, some <laughs> uh, Tchaikovsky cassette tapes. And I would play them and make up my own dances. Um, And when I was about six years old, I had been doing this for a while, and my mom was like, I have got to get this kid into a ballet class. She's driving me crazy with all of this dancing. (laughs) I love it. Um, Yeah, so she called the local school and got me signed up. And then a few years later, my teacher at that local dance school kind of saw that I had talent and drive, and so she directed my parents to the pre-professional school um, in our area. And so I was really fortunate to have people that believed in me Yeah, and I was on scholarship Um, a lot of the time I was training, which I just really credit a lot of those people with helping me to be able to dance um, because I came from a low middle-class family um, with seven kids, and it just ballet was not in the cards for me had it not been for the people who helped to make that possible. That's wonderful. Uh, You were making up dances then as a child, and I saw you on Saturday take a few minutes to teach some ballet steps to a very engaged crowd at Navy Pier, which was super fun. Uh, What's the process, Juliana, for choreographing a new ballet for your dance company? Yeah, so I think for me, um, it always starts with kind of the impulse of the music. I I deeply love music and rhythm, and so I'm always looking for music that can embody the feeling or the story that I want to tell. Yeah. And then from there, I actually do a lot of improv on my own, and I'll videotape it which is kind of fun. And I just let my body speak intuitively to the rhythm that I'm hearing. Um, And then from there, oh, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It's a really fun part of the process. And then from there, I take it into the studio with the dancers and and they even add another layer with their own talent and their own voice. And what we come up with together, I think, is stronger than anything I could come up with alone. A few seconds left here, Juliana. You're going to be performing all over Chicago in the coming months. Give us a quick rundown. Where can folks find you? Yeah, so we're going to be doing a performance at the Athenaeum Theater Saturday, October 15th called Imagine Better. Um, We're going to do a performance called Ver la Musica o la Danza at the National Museum of Mexican Art on Saturday, November the 12th. Mm -hmm. And then Bareface will have its premiere at the Harris Theater for Music and Dance um, Saturday, April 22nd. And then we actually have a lot of free performances in July and August. So if people check out our website at ballet58, 
org. You can find a lot of free performances awesome. um, downtown in Chicago and all around the city. Juliana Rubio-Slager is the co-founder and artistic director of Ballet 58. The company just announced its 2022-23 season. And you heard her tickets are on sale now for upcoming fall and spring performances and the free shows, too. Just head to Ballet58.org. Thank you, Juliana. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.